Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm so excited to be welcoming Wendy Nash. Wendy is a meditation coach for entrepreneurs. She teaches people the art of introspection to navigate the emotionally, physically, and financially taxing process of founding a business. Wendy has a four-year somatic psychotherapy diploma and a bachelor's of psychology honors. Her thesis studied the effects of loving-kindness meditation as a pro-social behavior. She's been practicing loving-kindness and other meditations for almost 20 years, and I am thrilled to have on our show because mindfulness and meditation are so, so important to the entrepreneurial journey and certainly something that I struggle with every day. So thank you so much for being here, Wendy. This is going to be awesome conversation. Fantastic. I'm so delighted. I When I looked at my schedule this morning, I thought, yay, I've got Chelsea today. So thank you very much. I was really looking forward to this. You have such a, a lovely, warm personality and you also have such a welcoming presence. So thank you very much for creating the space. And before I get into it, I always like to do two things and not only to say thank you for you for creating a lovely, beautiful space, but also there's all the people who are part of the large experience of this program so the equipment you know but you know you've got to have a bank account someone's paying for all this sure. to, to buy the equipment it doesn't come for free that's for sure and there's a whole lot of people who have designed the materials and the equipment and a lot of people have been thinking and, and there's this and people download the show and we're very numbers obsessed in this society so even just if you download the show and do nothing else, it's still part of the show. So thank you very much for the people who don't listen to the program. Why am I speaking to them? And nonetheless, download the show because everything is part of a larger system and podcasts have been around for a while and Steve Jobs and like it's a whole large Amazing, thing yeah. out of nowhere. So thank you to everybody who has come become part of this system so that's the first one and the second one is just to say that I'm calling from Gubby Gubby country so I'm in Queensland Australia and Gubby Gubby means it's actually no I so I'm not Aboriginal I don't know any of that but I really like this because it says no no you cannot come into my country until I have welcomed you formally and it's a bit like no, you cannot come into my house unless I welcome you. So it's it really says who who do we appreciate having here? So I I quite like that. And the thing about Aboriginal communities here in Australia is they've been around and caring for the country for about 70,000 years. So to put that into context, Christianity has been around for 2000. (laughs) So that's 35 times so is that two to the time to the power of five (laughs) anyway whatever that is that's a long time so there's a lot of observation there's a lot of noticing attention to human behavior what works the plants the relationships the whole like literally the ecosystem you know we talk about a business ecosystem but here we're talking about a whole social ecosystem and in aboriginal communities we talk about that uh well they talk about that they are related to obviously other people and birds and animals and trees but also rocks the planet so they're related to 
everybody. And I really like this idea of being fully relational and it really helps to provide a good context. So, and one of the key things about Aboriginal communities is that they really focus on, it's not until you know where you have come from. So they talk about the ancestors. So bringing the ancestors in and it's not until you know where you have come from that you know where you are that you can really say, okay, this is where I'm going. And I find that's a really good way of framing also the entrepreneurial landscape because yeah. we don't just sit down here in front of our computers and shebang, you know, it all comes together. <laughs> we've got stuff, you know, we've got blind spots, we've got relationships, we've got money things, we've got time, we've got how did it all start. And it doesn't come like from this point forward. It comes because it's got all that history and all that place where we are now, the mindfulness, as you called it, and then all the future. So yeah. it's a large, large thing. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And I mean, thank you so much for welcoming my audience like that. And the podcasting community, like podcasting is just such an amazing opportunity such an amazing resource it's super accessible and just lets you connect exactly like you said with so many people and I'm excited to to dive into the entrepreneurial journey but you know you talked a little bit about where you come from but I'd love the audience to learn more about you and, and what inspired you to start this business I would love to say, oh, I had this amazing idea. It came to me in a great <laughs> vision or something like that. But basically, I had just come to the end of the road, you know. Somebody said, I, I was at the beginning of this. Somebody said, oh, you're a life coach. Oh, so, oh, you've actually got something. Usually a life coach is someone who gets to 50 and can't get a job. And I thought, okay, well, he doesn't know that. I've, I've been working and I've got to 50 and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And I just got to a dead end, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my really big things is, is really appreciating the joy of being wrong. So I had been on this trajectory and I was trying to get a job and a job and a job. And I, I just, my heart wasn't in it. And somebody said to me, maybe the universe is telling you something. So I had to go, ah, okay, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know what to do but I can't do that anymore. And a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine said, I'm going to be your client. We'll do three sessions. <laughs> I'm going to be your client. And his idea, he, we're just going to do three sessions. He was like burning out. He's a startup CEO and he was up till one o'clock in the morning watching mm, Netflix, yeah. completely exhausted and drained. And it took about 18 months, two years to get him into a, like get the exercise right, the sleeping right, the diet right, all that sort of stuff, the socializing, and to understand what were the big things. And it turned out going to bed at 10 o'clock was really good. And it turned out, what was the other thing? And having a good social life. They were the yeah. two key things. But everybody's different. So that's where I started. But I found that worked well for him. But anybody who was a bit get up and go and could sort themselves out, they got themselves sorted out and people who were sort of, sort of really experiencing burnout and unable to get their act together were spending, were unable to engage with their own habits of mind, which was sort of just self-defeating to mm -hmm. kind of put everybody else first. And then it was really difficult. So I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. And then, and then a friend of mine said, 
you meditate. Actually, you know what you should do is meditation. Teach me how to meditate. So I reached out to somebody who I'd done a little bit of coaching work and I said, is this something of interest? And he said, absolutely. And he's now my star. Like <laughs> he, he does the, the entrepreneurial stuff. But we've been working together for a few years now and um, it's completely revolutionized his life because he's now he's now able to be a leader in his business and an entrepreneur. So he started with the idea that he was in a he was in a corporate environment and then he went away to start his business. And I was going, ooh, you're too it's too soon, too soon. But he was like decided he couldn't be where he was. So he started that and then he went, oh man, this is too soon. And so he came back. And he's taken all those skills from being an entrepreneur back into the business and the stuff that we've been doing together. And he's like a star. So it's not until you say no that you can say yes. And so he said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And then he went back and he took all those skills into that. And that is the sort of approach that I take. It's really about going, well, what are what what am I not seeing in amongst all this? Yeah. Where am I going wrong? So, and then trying to also look for what is good that is already coming here. So people talk about the gratefulness thing and mm-hmm. I'm a bit funny about that because I think about that that can be another form of positive thinking and, I, and I'm a bit like, I don't want you to do anything more. I just want you to notice what is good that is here mm-hmm. and yeah. take that on board and notice it and see what is here that is good and that helps to buffer against the onslaught it helps to find your own voice so that's what I do yeah oh that's so good and you you said so many things I'd like to touch on more and you know especially for entrepreneurs I'd love to talk more about that burnout piece that you you mentioned because that's something that's again very very common for many people but especially as solopreneurs and entrepreneurs we're doing it all. And we're the only ones who can do it all. And so I love to talk about definitions. I want to make sure that we have a good definition. We're all talking, talking about the same thing. Sure. So how do you describe burnout? How do you identify it in a client? So if a client comes to you and says, I need some help, what are some symptoms that you would look for to say you're suffering from burnout? So I wouldn't, I don't really work in burnout anymore. I found okay. that people who were working in burnout probably were they needed something else actually if you if you're exhausted so I was actually listening to a podcast this morning (laughs) with the person who really coined that phrase I can't remember what her name is there's a whole scale about that but basically you're physically exhausted yeah so I would say my client wasn't burnt out because he wasn't physically exhausted he didn't have the cynicism that is really important, a really important feature of burnout. There are, there are people who, uh, what he was, he was just exhausted because he was doing, he felt isolated and he was just going to bed too late and not having a strong enough social life. And he couldn't have a social life because it was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So he, he just felt quite isolated in many ways. Yeah. And he had a, he has a, a co-founder who has a very difficult personality. So it's like he's in in this situation, which is really difficult. I would say if someone's burning out, definitely physical exhaustion and cynicism and just, yeah. So if you just can't do it anymore, you hate your job, you hate everything, your relationships are crashing and burning, 
yet you just need to do something else. <laughs> but meditation isn't the cure for that. Like there's a lot of stuff about mindfulness is going to be, you know, cure cancer in the morning and heart disease in the afternoon. And I'm absolutely not of that style. What it does is it, say, it gives you an opportunity to pause, hear your own voice, mm-hmm. hear like what am I not seeing about this? Oh, you know what? I'm completely exhausted or I'm traumatized or wow, I'm on a downhill trajectory. I know what I need to do. I need to see a financial advisor. I need to see a marketing person. I need to reach out and get some help with social media or accounting or but it's more that it gives you the capacity to have space to be more strategic about it. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. So I hope that's helpful. And I feel like, <laughs> oh, it's another thing to do is to take up the meditation. I take a very like day-to-day. I'm like not, no more doing, no more doing. <laughs> I'm against it. Don't do anything for anybody ever again. Only ever do anything for yourself. And that sounds really counterintuitive. It no, sounds I so love counterintuitive. It. <laughs> and everyone's like, I've got to serve, you know. I'm like, don't serve anybody. Don't do anything. <laughs> All you have to do is see what is here. And then when you see what is here, it's so easy to give because you're not coming from a place of depletion. Yeah. So I'm just going to turn my fan on. It's really, really, I think I got really excited. (laughs) So it's really, really boiling. I'm in Queensland. Humidity is really like it's at 96%. And so once you get a little bit warm, it's like, and so I apologize. I understand. I understand that humidity. No, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I love you. You're saying, you know, do, do things for yourself. It's so easy to get caught up in everybody else's schedule, especially from the time management productivity coach. We always guard against having other people take up your time. So, so similarly making sure that you're taking time for yourself and, and whatever that looks like to you, whatever feels good for you right now. And not because you feel like you like have to, that there's some like checkbox you need to fill but because it what's feels good and feels right and can refill refill your yeah because mm-hmm. other otherwise actually I don't know if you've ever been with somebody and they're like oh I'll do it actually I had a situation I've joined Toastmasters and if yeah. anybody's moving into state I would or, or into a new town I would recommend you join Toastmasters I mean I sound pretty confident I know people go oh what would she need you know but <laughs> Hey, I just, it's just nice to meet people I wouldn't normally meet who are outside my kind of algorithms. You know, we're all sort of stuck in this echo chamber of the same. Sure, yeah. I'm so tired of it. So it helps to reach out of that. And I did my inaugural speech the other day and I got a standing ovation. I was super excited. <laughs> but I, I asked for a, a somebody to mentor me and she, she said, oh, that'd be great. I'd love to mentor you. And then And my prep for that, she just said, oh, look, I'm really busy. I really can't just be there for you. So here's the the portal. Everything is there. You just sort it out. It'll be fine. You'll go great. And I was sitting there kind of going, well, this is not actually what I wanted. And I, it, it takes a lot for me to ask for help Mm -hmm. because because that's kind of my character. But when I ask for help, I want it. And if I feel like I'm going to get, if I get a no, I'm like, okay, that relationship is kind of burnt for me. I just go, this person is actually not actually able to help me. And be, is, this person isn't really interested in caring about my well-being. Oh, yeah. If you say, I heard this thing the other day, 
no is better than no show. Mm-hmm. So she had said, I actually, you know what, I am too busy with all my other commitments. I just can't, I would love to, but I can't. Let's see who else can help you. That would have been much more instructive because I've just moved to, to this new town and I'm also in the in the thing where I want to make friends too. And I'm not saying that's necessarily required in a business context, but I felt like that's somebody who I felt I wanted to do something sure, yeah. deeper with and I couldn't because she couldn't say no. So if you can't say no, actually you set yourself up to kind of crashing and burning your relationships because it's a breach of trust if you say, yeah, I'll be there for you and then you're not because you can't say no. Yeah. It's a real, you know, because I think people are afraid of saying no because they feel guilty about that. Yeah. And actually it's if if you're not yeah so if you're not if you're not able to take care of yourself and put up your boundaries for yourself and your limits and recognize where you can't do anymore then you're having problems and I think that as an entrepreneur we spend a lot of time doing and rushing around and stuff and we can't necessarily find our limits so easily because everybody's telling us to do something yeah, I mean, it's, I actually sent one of those boundary setting emails today and it, it felt really good. A client reached out and wanted a really quick turnaround. And I said, I can't do that. I need this much notice for this type of work. Here are some resources for you in the meantime. And I'm happy to happy to touch base with you next week. And it felt really good because then I'm not, I think a prior version of myself would have just said yes and then spent all night tonight trying to cram in what she asked me to do. So I think part of that is entrepreneurs tend to be really ambitious, right? So everything is an opportunity. Everything feels exciting. And so we don't want to say no, because it feels like we're going to miss out on something, but you're absolutely right about the, a no is better than a no show because we need to be there for our clients in the best way in order to serve them well. Right. And so if we're spreading ourselves so thin, then we're not showing up well anywhere and no one's getting are are the best version of ourselves. So you have to be choosy about what those priorities are and what is going to take up your time and energy. Yeah. So if you had stayed up all night, the quality of your work may have been good, may not. I don't know. Yeah. But tomorrow you've got to get it. You've got to work. And then what are your clients going to get? The clients who are loyal, who give you a lot of dedication, who are thoughtful, who are mindful of your time, you're actually giving them short shrift. Mm-hmm. So like, really, is that fair on them? So that's, that's not so, it's actually, you know, not so good. When I was a kid, I, I thought there are 8 billion people. At the time there were 6 billion people on the planet. <laughs> and I thought there are 6 billion people on the planet. I can't be friends with them all. I can't interact with them all. I can be selective about who I engage with. I don't have to like them all and I don't have to be with them all because I'm, I can't. I just need to be conscious about who I choose to work with, who I choose to engage with. Yeah, so I just thought I'd put that in. Yeah. And that sounds like that, that was that line for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it does feel good to work with clients that are going to respect your time as well. And so setting up those boundaries, setting up those expectations so that you're doing your best work. I would love to talk a little bit more about the meditation piece of your business and what that 
looks like it how you start working with clients and that because again this is something that I have struggled with for as long as I can remember and <laughs> you're shaking your head exactly I know there's other people in the world like me who think I can't just sit still so what do I do <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of like, yeah, I hear this every single, like, I, I can't, I can't meditate. My mind's really wild. I can't do it. I can't sit still. I can't do this. I, you know, like, oh yeah, it's not for me because, you know, but the point is, so I'll go about it a different way. So you're running around like a mad chicken, like mm-hmm. doing this and you're whatever age you are. So we're talking about a few decades and you've been going from this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. Now sit still for 20 minutes and clear your mind. Like it's nuts. You can't. That's just like setting up an expectation to fail. And I think there's a lot of stuff out there that you should be able to do that without any support. Just get the app and you can do it. And that's too difficult. It's a bit like a child sitting up at the table with a big knife and fork, an adult, a grown-up knife and fork and going, now use your knife and fork properly. But you haven't got the little baby steps to kind of get you there and the training of how to use the utensils. So I, I'm really big on making it part of your daily routine. And I've got five meditations that you can do on the go. You know, if you, pe- if you sign up for my, if you email me, I'll send you back this PDF. But basically ones that you can do are things like when someone gives you, makes you a cup of tea or sends you an email and says, thank you, just to pause and, and just notice that someone has taken time out of their day to wish you well. That's all it is. That's lovely. So, so when, you know, before this meeting and I was like, yay, I've got Chelsea, this is really cool. And you were looking forward to it too. Mm-hmm. And, and you were thinking, how is this going to work? You know, I've got to do the intro. So there's a bit of work there about all the information that I provided and cutting that down. So you're going, well, how can I make this work for my audience? Because there's a lot of info. And how can I present Wendy in a really positive way? So you took time out of your day to make me look good. Thank you very much. I appreciate (laughs) that. And also all your audience, they may not be aware of the amount of work that's Mm -hmm. going into this because I'm just one of people, you get lots of people on your show and you get lots of requests for show and you've got to sit there and go, is this person going to work in my program? Is this person going to work in my program? They look good. Actually, you know what? It's not going to work. It's not a good match. So there's a lot of discernment in that, which is also part of this this thing about, it's a kind of meditation practice to just pause a moment for everything good that's coming your way. So that's that. And another thing that I do for people who want to do sitting meditation is at the end of the day, I get them to put their phone on airplane mode and then just a timer for 60 seconds and notice the breath. And if it feels too intense for the breath, you can just start to listen out. Just listen to the sounds. Don't don't get too caught up on, oh, you know, it's my neighbors, they're arguing. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing that. And, and if that is what happens, then just notice that that's what arises. So start really small. Do one minute every day mm-hmm. for a week. And then week two, two minutes. Week three, three minutes. I've got a client. She's got so much going on. She's got visa issues. She's got all sorts of stuff, work issues and yeah, boyfriend and 
anyway, there's a lot going on. And she's like, I can't meditate. And I said, I wouldn't expect you to. Let's just do this together so that you can find some space. And that's all she does. And that is enough for her to carry her through for a week. Mm -hmm. I don't normally work with clients that way because I want people to be able to find their own resources and their own voice. But it's too much for her at the beginning. We need that support. And apps are great. I'm a great believer in apps and there's some really good ones. Headspace is a little bit expensive and waking up is really good, but it's quite Buddhisty. So for Christians that may not work, but there's another one called Buddhify, which is, it sounds more Buddhisty than it needs to be, <laughs> but it just gives you, for instance, if you're working on anxiety or you're having a bad time trying to get to sleep and it's just, I think $5 a month or something like that. Okay. And they have really good uh, different types of meditation. They're very short. And so I quite like that. Yeah. Uh, So just a short app and and lower your expectations. So I hope (laughs) I have given you a bit of an idea. I feel like I've gone round the moon and back again. (laughs) No, that's really, really helpful because I I love the the moment to pause idea. I think that's that's so that it feels like it'd be really powerful throughout the day. And you again, we are moving so fast that you just don't even think about it sometimes just that that there's another person on the end of that email. There's a real person who's doing real work that they're excited either to work with you or to work for you. Like there is a real exchange of energy happening. And so to just pause and acknowledge that is, is really lovely and something very easy, I think to just as someone to get started. But I love what you said at the end about lowering your expectations, because I am certainly one of those people who like, will go to bed thinking like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be a new person tomorrow I'm going to wake up and run five miles before I start to go to work and meditate for 30 minutes, like with zero lead up to it. I'm just going to wake up magically this whole new person. And so I think having lowering your expectations to not have it be quote unquote perfect, right. To not have it be what we see of those 30 minute, you know, just pure quiet with the, with the beautiful setup and the pillows. I mean, I feel like that's what people think about when they, Sting meditation, right? Yeah. And so it's, it sounds a little overwhelming from the outside. And it is, you know, like Instagram is like, you see these beautiful pictures and they're so beautiful and they've (laughs) got the lovely linen and stuff like that. Like, you know, that's just nuts, you know, and, and that's a crafted image. Mm -hmm. And anybody who meditates, who is like that, and has that lifestyle thing happen, I would say, don't ever go anywhere near them. There. Because... Because actually they're really caught up in the image of it and this, the, it's complicated. I'll ha- I'd have to go into the mind and all that sort of stuff, yeah. but the, the, all the sort of what I call the social emotions of shame, guilt and humiliation haven't been inquired and haven't been integrated. So it becomes this image experience that arises and then, and, and you can't live up to that image, which mm-hmm. is true because you're you. And you're a different person with a different style and go for somebody who feels real, not not somebody who goes, I'm so authentic because anyone who says I'm authentic isn't authentic because if you have to tell somebody you're authentic, then you're, you know, it's like I've crafted authenticity. That's also another one. Don't go there. Go somewhere else where they're just going, you get this sense that someone is real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, and I, that's such a good reminder. And I talk a lot about even just like the 
word self-care, like even that word feels so overused now and it's become this, this very image heavy thing where we see these lush bubble baths or these like expensive skincare routines and a girl in a robe with mimosa and it and it's so, so frustrating to recognize like I can see that happening if you're not quite there yet then recommend you know it, it's it's a minute of sitting quietly at your, in your chair at the end of the day and noticing what's around you it's a, self-care is a five-minute walk around your block just to get some fresh air and get some sun you know we have to look lower like you said lower the expectations and and focus on taking those small steps to build up to whatever we need yeah and and the ego will seduce you so the Mm -hmm. ego the ego doesn't have the capacity to to have emotions so the ego is that opinionated self-righteous or perfectionistic set of mind and it tells you you're lacking something and it's true at some level that you are lacking something you're lacking actually the integration integration of the emotion that sits underneath that so there's an emotion that goes that is driving that sense of lack and that sense of failure and the need for perfection so it's actually what I would encourage I'm giving away the secrets away (laughs) so what I would encourage people to do you to do is when you feel that you've got that sense of lack or failure or you need to be perfect just simply ask what is the emotion that's underlying this what, it, what, am, what emotion am I not seeing here? And it might be loneliness, it might be rejection, it might be trying to live up to an ideal or feeling imperfect or something like that, mm-hmm. less than, you know. You might just feel like a bit of a social failure or something like that. So, and, and if that's the case, it's just a matter of going, well, I feel lonely yes it's true I feel lonely I feel hurt yes it's true I feel hurt I feel angry yes it's true I feel angry and I feel guilty yes it's true I feel guilty and simply owning that guilt or whatever it is that softens that voice so you don't Mm -hmm. need to do anything with the wild mind except try and listen to what the wild mind is kind of it's having it's a, like a little toddler with a temper tantrum <laughs> right <laughs> it's telling you something really important but it doesn't have very good communication skills mm-hmm. but it's telling you something really important so it's kind of like that yeah what are some of the like not immediate but what are what are some of the like if you were if someone was gonna argue against like I don't I just don't have time I don't have time for a minute what would you say is some of the the benefits, some of the things that they're going to, they may start noticing to say, can you, you can't afford not to spend a minute doing this. You know, everyone goes to the toilet. <laughs> okay. If it, all you do is while you're on the loo, you sit there and you just go, just notice the sensations. It's as good as that. Like it's not complicated. I defy. Oh no one doesn't go to the toilet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that doesn't. No one doesn't make a cup of coffee or a tea or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like if that's all you're doing, just become aware of the sounds, the sensations. When you touch the mouse, when you touch the keyboard, what does that feel like? What is the what are the sensations? So. Yeah, people do say, I don't have time. And the Dalai, people ask the Dalai Lama, you know, what, uh, how long should I meditate for? And he says, well, generally I say 30 minutes. And personally, I think 30 minutes is a lot for a beginner, mm-hmm. but he's already preaching to the converted, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then he says, but if you don't have time, an hour is required because <laughs> what it's, what he's saying is that if you don't have time, you're actually not using your time wisely. Mm-hmm. You're doing the thing that you described before where you're working with clients and it's all chaotic and it's unnecessarily difficult. You're not having that discernment to say yes or no. Yeah. So that's what it is. Do I, is this what? is going to be beneficial to the business? Is this beneficial to my well-being? Is this beneficial for my finances? Sometimes you might go, yeah, actually it is. And sometimes you might go, no, it's not. But to have that choice. Yeah. So people, what they say is it, you, it allows you to respond rather than react. Yeah. So that's the kind of temp- contemporary way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. And, and I would say I think often when people say I don't have time, actually actually one of the things I've been thinking about, I was listening to a podcast last night and it was about this idea of, it was somebody who was describing leadership and there's this thing about horizontal lead MBAs or knowledge building or something, leadership development, that's right, horizontal. So that's things like industrial relations law and or labour law and finance law and that sort of information-y stuff. And then there's vertical leadership. And I can't remember what the other two were, but one was reflection. And he said, actually, leaders are really, don't reflect much. They're not in the habit of it. And so people who say, I don't have time to meditate, I would say they are maybe even a bit afraid of what they might discover when mm-hmm. they inquire within and in the beginning in the very beginning I found oh this is lovely it's all peace and love and then as I got in it was like oh my goodness I'm a really horrible person <laughs> <laughs> actually the problem is not them it's me and now I'm going okay I'm sort of past that and I just see everything within this much larger context but at the beginning there's a backlog and that can be a bit horrible to discover <laughs> And, and so not everybody is interested in introspection. Yeah. And I certainly know people who are like that. And what I notice is that as they age, they become less pleasant people because use it or lose it. Yeah. And if if you're automatically reacting in an angry way or a, in a restless way or guilty or whatever it is, as you get older, you're just reinforcing those neurons. So by the time you get to an old person, you're actually a kind of a caricature of all the things that you haven't looked at throughout your life. So it's a it's a double-edged sword. If you want to stay exactly the same as you are, if you're an angry person, keep on being angry and then you'll be a really angry person when you're older. If you're somebody who is always putting everybody else first, then you'll get to the uh, old age and you'll be completely worn out and exhausted and unable to help anybody and I certainly see a lot of people in the Buddhist communities like that yeah no I I think it's really a really wise observation and I I I think self-awareness is is such an important topic and something that comes up a lot in my coaching because you have to you have to know some of the good things and bad things that you do in order to make changes and, and move forward so it, doing it without judgment can be hard at first and just like, okay, so I, I'm really easily distracted 
by my phone, right? Like, okay, there's just, there's no judgment. We don't need to put judgment. We don't need to make a thing about it, right? Just know that about yourself. What can we do moving forward? How can we adjust for that? How can we set yourself up so that you're not making a decision to choose your phone over the work you have to do? So I, I think that's so important. And then I, I have never thought about the that future impact and that's a bit daunting, but I like it because I think it's, it's a good reminder that we have to do the work. I, um, I used to be a really, really angry person. People are always really shocked because they see me and they're like, wow, you're not like that at all. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you my journey. I actually told my therapist, I saw her on retreat. She was leading retreat. And I said, 20 years ago, people used to say I'm angry. Now nobody says I'm angry. It's really good. Nobody else knew exactly what I was telling her because they were all in the Q&A. So I used to have a really foul temper. So I know about having a foul temper. And where was I going with that? See, about distraction. But it is about, so what I, so at the beginning of my journey, one person asked me, would I rather be, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Mm. And I was like, well, I'll be happy when I'm right. (laughs) And then I was like, well, that's a really kind of crazy thing. And about five years ago, I was thinking about what 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 are my chances of being right? What do I actually know about being right? How often am I right? Because I was going, gee, I'm wrong a lot, but I'm I'm really determined to think I'm right, but I'm actually wrong a lot of the time. What is going on here? So I was thinking about, and I'll do this little exercise with you if you're okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. So what what is your big favouritest thing in the whole wide world? So sometimes people talk about jazz music, a particular type of jazz music or songs or a sports <laughs> team or whatever. So is there something, your big favouritest thing in the whole big wide world? I mean, besides my family, right now it's the books that I'm reading, I'm obsessed with and really loving. Okay, so you're a big reader. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular genre that you like? I've recently been reading a lot of like fantasy books. Fantasy books. Okay, and they're contemporary fantasy books by contemporary authors, is that correct? Yes. Yep, and you've probably got a couple of authors that you really like their style? Yep. Yep. So take those few authors that you've got of those fantasy style. Now, about those books and those authors and everything that's sold around the world, all those places where they, where it came from, how much, you know, if, you, if someone were to ask you about those books, those authors, where it's sold, out of a percentage, so you have to be 100% unequivocally sure that you are going to be right totally. So I'm going to ask you, you know, what do you know about this author? How much can you be 100% sure that you are going to be 100% correct? I mean, maybe 20%. I, I'll wager it's much lower than Probably, like, yeah. 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 So I, I was horrified. I was sitting there going, oh, well, my big thing is Buddhism because I it's been such mm-hmm. an important part of my life. I was going, I might, I might not even know 1%. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so you a hundred percent sure about books being sold and the editor and how, who actually wrote that book because it's from it may well be ghostwritten, all that sort of stuff. So actually, you might know only about two percent, five percent, something like that. But you'd have a good hunch about twenty percent. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So that means that 75, 80% of the time, there's a really good chance you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so yet we get so hung up on being right. Mm -hmm. And it's like we form an identity about being right. So would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? That's such a good question. I love it. And so this is kind of the journey of the entrepreneur. It's like, well, I started off in in burnout well-being. That didn't work. I then moved into meditation. And you know what? That totally clicked. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about the marketing side of things. So I had to get somebody to help me with the marketing. I was trying and I was listening and I was getting all this advice. None of it was working. So then I was like, okay, but I had enough of an idea to that I was going, no, I, I don't know. Actually, I can't do this. Yeah. I need to reach out and I need to figure out what is the way to do that. And that's where meditation helps because it's like, okay, then I can hear my voice and go, what is the way that I need to do this? It's my way I need to do this, not somebody else's idea, yeah. my way. And then I can go forward. So that's, that's that. That's more great. Cause I mean, starting a business was one of the most humbling things I've ever done because you are just thrown into every, I mean, I don't know. I definitely feel like if you had asked me about being entrepreneurship, what I know about it, it would have been half a percentage because there, but that to me, that that's very exciting. Like I see that as very, very exciting because there's, there's just so much to learn, but right. I like, yeah. Right. That's it. So there's a real joy in being mm-hmm. wrong, in yes. not knowing. It's really like, it's like, ah, oh, this is actually, a, an, as you say, an opportunity. I can really rethink how I understand everything. But when, for as long as you're like, no, this is how it is. And this is the right way to do it. It feels quite closed and pinned. And yeah. there's kind of, you're locked. And that's what's so delightful in many ways, but it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on a day-to-day basis when I'm fighting with a new software because I don't understand how it works, less, less joyful, but yes, in the grand scheme of things, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's one of the, like you said, one of the joys you get to learn a lot. Everything is an opportunity to make community from it, right? Because then I can seek advice from people that I know and trust. I can do my own research and my own digging. I can trust my intuition. Like there's lots of different choices you have whenever you come up across, you know, come up to a challenge and it's, it's been really fun to do that. I really love it. Well, one of the favorite things I like to talk about on this podcast is some of the behind the scenes stuff of how entrepreneurs run their day and their time. So I, I know we're a little tight on time today, but I would love to still hear about what a normal day or week in your life looks like as an entrepreneur. I'm sorry, I tend to go into so much stuff. Oh, no, you're, I'm not rushing you. I'm just, no, I I have time. That's great. Okay, good. Me too. So basically, the alarm goes off at five, and neither of us are happy about that, but it's like, but I have a kettle by my bedside, and then I've got a teapot ready and two mugs, and I start by filling it up with two warm water before I do anything, and I make the pot of tea, and then we have a cup of tea. 
So, Lovely. and then we just kind of talk about maybe if we had any dreams in the night <laughs> and understanding that, which I go through, I've got a whole lot of positive news apps. So I read all those and I'm like, oh, look at that. This is happening in Idaho and this is happening and lovely people are doing lovely things. And it's all really, so that's a nice way to start the day. And then we meditate for an hour mm-hmm. and then we have breakfast and then I sit down and I clean the floor actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I start my day. I sit in front of the computer and today I have to do tax. And I'm kind of trying really hard to convince myself that I have to do my tax. And I want to do a course about actually I've got a passion project. So I've got I've got something. That's actually something that I think is really important as an entrepreneur is to have something on the side, yeah. something that is motivating because it's actually quite demotivating many times to do mm-hmm. this. So to have something not to hijack you, but to compliment you and to maybe give a set of like a broader set of things. So I work with entrepreneurs and I am an entrepreneur. And I've started a community group actually about public transport and cycle paths because that's my thing. <laughs> and and so I, I'm like, I'm going to do that course about bicycle paths, but I'm not going to do that one. It's free, but I'm not going to do that one until I have done my tax. I cannot. It's my rule. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, you know. I try not to do social media too much because, you know, but we are addicted to our phones. You know, they're designed like that. If you're addicted to your phone and you're distracted in your phone, A, remove as many apps as possible. So if you find Facebook is a bit of a nightmare, then take it off your phone. If you need it for your job, then keep it on your computer, in your laptop, but just remove it from your phone. Yeah. Remove Uber Eats from your phone. Remove all this stuff from your phone. And keep just the essentials there. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, such a, yeah, you can get your phone. The phone can take up your whole day if you let it. Totally, um, totally. But I love what you said about the passion project. I think having something that continues to kind of spark that excitement and, and it's just for fun, right? There's no no real expectation that comes out of it is is a great idea. Awesome. Well, I have a couple kind of fast rapid fire questions for you. These have been a lot of fun and they end up sparking a lot more conversation anyway. So are you a morning person or a night person? Morning person. Morning person. Love it. Paper and pen or all digital? Paper and pen. Okay. Why? I think humans are designed to be physical. Yeah. And that said, I say paper and pen as in, I like to read books. Mm -hmm. So I will always get a print book. I can't read it on screen, but, you know, my calendar and my work, I, t- I type faster than I write. You know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. did it. I learned to type when I was 15 and I'm not 15 now. So that's <laughs> a long time that I've been typing. So I, it's just, it's much too slow. I think much better just typing and rambling on it. Yeah, I'm better at that <laughs> than writing. So, yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like it's a, it's a hybrid. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite way to relax? Well, I meditate. (laughs) I meditate. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So yeah, I I I I think meditation. I do that for an hour a day. If I had my way, I'd meditate two hours a day, but I don't Uh, have time for that. Yeah. And that, you know, like I've been meditating for 20 years. So 
don't and one thing I would say about meditation is you really need to pay attention to what what your mind is saying if it says I can't do this then don't do it Mm -hmm. because I've seen people go psychotic on retreat they push themselves and it's actually there's a ton of research which says meditation you know if you are not heedful of the like if you try and push through and drive that that will break your brain and you'll end up in the psych ward like don't do that just really go slowly definitely go slowly so that's one thing I like to do and the other thing I like to do is I like to weed the garden I take all the prickles out of the garden (laughs) and that's like people talk about going into nature or something and going for a long walk in you know in the woods or something yeah but actually all you need to do is sit down on the backside and in the lawn (laughs) on on a bit of yoga mat with some rub with some gloves on and then just dig out the weeds and particularly if they're prickles, that's when you need the gloves. Yes. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Relaxing and productive. You're so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you and then at the end of the like I started weeding all the prickles in my lawn about two weeks, two, three weeks ago. And now it's beautiful. You can I can walk everywhere all over yeah. it. That is until the butcher birds come and attack me. It's nesting season. It's like oh. whoosh, sweep me at the back, they click my heel on. I've always wear a hat. <laughs> so but it's so nice to be in the garden and like you you know we talk about the pressure to succeed I looked around the other day I thought oh my goodness I had the bicycle up up against the garage door and I was like oh my goodness it looks like an Instagram image I just said it's got bird baths and stuff I'm such not an Instagram person but oh my goodness it's like Instagram Because it's just, that's where I like to hang out. So yeah, anyway, that's what I like to do. You're recognizing the beauty of the moment. You know, I think we've, we've trained ourselves that all of those need to be documented, but the reality is they, they're just beautiful moments that can be enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's here, like, this is my big thing. You don't have to go and do something in order to meditate. Yeah. You don't need to go somewhere in order to get nature. You don't need to like the best, the easiest way to be kept, to lift your spirits, and this is completely nuts, is to drink two liters of water a day or two quarts of water a day. It's the simple. It's like the simplest thing you can do. No meditation required. And you know, people go, "Oh, I can't get through two liters a day. I've tried, and I'm going to fail." But I actually have, like, you see my little mugs, which are oh, like 250 it. mils, which I think yeah. is eight ounces, and it's got my logo on it, which is good for branding. Very fun. So it's my merch that I got. And if you line up four of those eight ounce mugs in the morning and then you repeat again after lunch and, and you put it in front of you so it's sort of you in front of your keyboard between the keyboard and the screen, then and then every time I want to drink a sip through the day, I just I feel a bit thirsty. I go, oh, yeah, I'll have a sip. Oh, I'll have a sip. I'll have a sip. I'll have a sip. And then it's all gone by lunchtime. And then I redo in the afternoon. So it's not complicated. Yeah, I'm really against this thing about doing more, going somewhere, going elsewhere. It's all here. Everything happens in this moment. It doesn't happen anywhere else. So there you go. That's awesome. I love it so much. This has been so much fun, Wendy. I really love talking with you. I've learned a lot and I am inspired I think what resonated with me most is just taking those kind of moments of gratitude those pauses throughout the day and maybe ending my day with just a 
quiet minute in the chair. What you can do is, is yeah. you, in that minute, instead of doing the breathing, just, or you might set up your, your phone for two minutes and just think, okay, well, so-and-so sent me this. That was really nice of them to do that. Mm. My partner cooked me this. My children did that for me. This client asked for that. This person came and did that. Oh, I, I went that. out to the sunshine and it was really lovely and warm on my back. My partner showed me <laughs> and see the funniest cat video He's like, I was doing something really sensible. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's work-related. It's like this cat video. <laughs> and it was super cute. And all those things just kind of reinforce the sense of capacity. Yeah. That's all it is. And humour is really important. I was really, really earnest. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so earnest. And so, of course, I got a book on it. And it's like a Buddhist book on, on being joyful. And it's called Awakening Joy. Okay, well, that works. <laughs> so, and, it, and it said, what was the, it said, what stops you being joyful right now? And I thought, I feel guilty. There's so many awful things happening in the mm-hmm. world that I feel really guilty. And so then I just went, actually, being miserable is not helpful. So joying, being joyful but not negating someone's painful experiences. Someone comes to you, don't do the positive thinking thing. Oh, it's not that bad or you right, know, yeah. just look to the bright. Don't do that. Try and meet them in the emotion. But Or what do they really care about? But, yeah, so that that's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I've gone on in a bit of a tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's so good. Everything, everything is so good. Everything is so good. So where can people find you? to learn more about you and to, and to get some more of your, your wisdom and your joy. Yeah. So the company's called kindly cut the crap. Brilliant. Love it. People. And it's one of those things, business of people are like, Oh, that's a really bad one. You're going to have to change that name. And everybody goes, I love that. name. Love it. (laughs) You know, because I'm all about being kind, like really you cannot do anything unless there's kindness at the core of it, but you really need to cut the crap you be honest with yourself don't do things that you like your person your client urgent client Mm -hmm. last night don't do that really just be really honest and and straightforward with what your capacities are and recognize your limits so that's why it's called kindlycutthecrap.com well I'll make sure that everything is linked below the episode so that you can get in touch and thank you so much for your time I know it's morning there for you. We're we're wrapping up our evening here, but I'm again, so grateful for your time today and all the amazing wisdom that you shared for us. So thank you. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. You've been a beautiful host. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm popping in before we say goodbye to let you know that the doors are open for the unbusy business owner membership. This monthly membership is for the time management curious entrepreneur. You may know what to do, but not how to do it, or you know, you could improve your productivity. This membership includes two live coaching calls a month, at least one live training, quarterly retreats, and much, much more. Join today for just $10 at chelseanewmeyer.com. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at chelsea and coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.